Right, okay. Um, is this still going to work when I lock my phone? Let's hope. Yep, that, that looks like looks like we're still going. Okay, so, sorry, it's a bit loud. I haven't, um, haven't started running yet, as you can see. Um, okay, hello. Welcome to... Goodness me, I open the door and it's like loud, loud as heck. Um, hello, welcome to Running Easy, Chatting Breezy. Um, I am only now just running, starting to run. Um, I'm going to be um, keeping it very light today as, well, it's a beautiful day. I want to start with the positives. It's a very, very sunny, sunny morning in London. It's quite late, actually. It's about half past nine, and so it is hot, and I realise I haven't put my sunglasses on. Um, so, positive, yeah, really sunny. Uh, negative, I'm dealing with some I think shin splints um not terribly so I've kind of tried to nip it in the bud early this time um I think I had shin splints before like this is a familiar sensation not in my running sort of life but from dancing um so I've just had yeah just a little bit of an ache um in the bottom of my sort of between my calf and my shin on the inside on my right foot leg even um And so I've had to, basically I did, on the last time I spoke to you, um, I had obviously, I ran 14, basically that long run, that I did, I like sort of chatted to you for the first five miles of, Uh, I ended up doing 14 miles that day, and so by the end of the week, I ended up doing basically almost a 50 kilometre week, it was like just, just under 30 miles, something like that, and so obviously... I think I upped my training load and intensity just too quickly, and which I know that that's not what you're supposed to do. I know the 10% rule. Um, but what do we love doing here? What do I love doing here? Doing things wrong, doing things you're not meant to do. Uh, it's kind of who I am as a person. So I'm having to adapt. Um, so this week, last week, I took it easy a little bit, um, tried to just sort of keep things chill. And this week, so far, I've just been running all my runs, basically really slow recovery jogs. This is my third run of the week. Um, I did like 30 minutes very slowly on Monday. Yesterday I did 50 minutes very slowly. I'm trying to, try, trying to sort of keep time-wise to the right time on my marathon training plan, but my effort, I am managing sort of differently at the moment because I'm trying to sort of do some preventative work to stop this getting worse. Obviously, 16 weeks out from the marathon, not a good time to get severely injured. So I'm, I'm trying to, even though like, like now, like yesterday when I first started out and I sort of left the house, I could feel in my shin some pain and then it sort of eased off as the run went on. But actually today, as I've, I mean, I've done barely any running, but so far touch wood, um, I I can't feel it currently so we're just gonna but I'm not usually if this was like any other time I would um, I would I'd be like oh well I can't feel it therefore it's gone let's just go and smash my speed work because today was meant to be a speed work day but I'm trying my best against every fiber of my being I'm trying to be sensible and so I'm going to keep this as a really um, slow, steady, easy effort um, 
and really just, yeah, focusing on that and keep doing this for the rest of the week. I've been doing all of my, in fact, I'll, 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 let me talk about some other things first and then I will circle back to what I've been doing to sort of preventatively take care of early stage shin splints because that might be interesting for people. I've done a lot of research, I've reached out to uh, some physios on Instagram that I'd listened to talk on various running podcasts and I just think I've got some really useful information so I will share that momentarily. Um, so how is everyone doing? Um, I know you can't reply but I think it's because I want to put off talking about how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> not that it's, you know, not that anything terrible is going on in my life. I'm just in a place where I feel really unsettled at the moment and I don't know why but like this time of year like June July is always such an upheavaly time for me and I don't know if that stems from like when you're when you're in school and the school year ends sort of in July and you then have to sort of you know you've got the summer and then depending on what's coming next for you like how old you are you everything changes and I think that kind of notion has sort of followed me into my adult life because anytime I've sort of had a big career change, career change, you know, job change or whatever, it's sort of been at this time and it was sort of a year ago, roughly, that I was, I had been working front of house at a theatre pre-pandemic. I went back in the little, in the little lull in the pandemic when theatres reopened briefly at Christmas. <laughs> And then when they were reopening in June, I applied for a supervisor position, so it was a step up for me. And to, to my deep surprise, I got it. And then <laughs> I'd also applied to be a dresser, which is where I'm, what I'm doing now. And I didn't think I would even get an interview for that. But lo and behold, I got an interview. I got offered the interview the same day I offered the job at my old work as the supervisor. And so I took the job knowing I was still going to go and interview for this, you know, other job. And I was just in turmoil for like a couple of weeks because I'd gone through all the training to be a supervisor. I'd, you know, they'd put a lot of faith in me. And then I got offered the dressing job and I had to be like, well, cool, this was a great couple of weeks, but bye. <laughs> and I hate doing that because like I am a big, like I know companies don't care realistically about employees, but I care about how I'm perceived. And I always want to be reliable. And I think it stems from having a chronic illness. Wow, we should really circle back here again from last episode. Um, but I really care about how I'm perceived because I want to be reliable because people always view me as unreliable because of my illness. And so it pains me to have to do something that is unreliable, like quit a job after two weeks to move somewhere else. Uh, but at the time, I felt like it was the right decision. And I do still feel like it was the right decision. But now I've sort of applied for a promotion, let's say, at work. But it's significantly more hours. And the pay is better, but not that much better. And I don't know if I want to do it. I mean, I haven't even been, haven't even been offered the job yet. So, you know, we're kind of chickens for the hatch. Does that phrase? something about eggs I don't know um so for me it's just kind of like I'm in a bit of a weird topsy-turvy pace because also because I think I had my heart set on doing some other things this year 
Like, I'm quite lucky with my job currently, the hours I do. And I think I haven't fully appreciated that over the last couple of months. Like, obviously it's great I'm able to get out at 9.30 in the morning and not be in any rush to go and do my run and go to the gym. But there are days where I start work a lot later, where I do my, you know, run, go to the gym, and I don't do anything. And, you know, I have, I have dreams, I have ambitions, external from work and from running and gym. Um, you know, I want to be doing my writing, I want to be, I need to film some showreel stuff so I can try and get an agent. You know, basically, I'm in a place where I don't know what I want. Uh, and because I don't know what I want, I'm not entirely sure how to access what I want. And I'm scared that I, you know, should I get off of this job, which there's no guarantee I will. In fact, the chances are quite slim to where I really am worrying about nothing. Um, if I did, and if I were to take it, I'd be reducing my time to work, basically on my on my passion projects, on the things I actually want to do, the things that make me happy. Um, so, and... <laughs> What's funny is because at the moment, like, don't get me wrong, I cannot complain about my job. I just truly cannot, but somehow I do. <laughs> um, and it's not that because the work environment's lovely and the work itself is not, you know, backbreaking. But um, a lot of time when I'm at work, I wish I wasn't. And I don't think mentally, and also just mentally, I've been very up and down. Um, and I don't think that increasing my time in that building by 15 hours a week is going to solve anything. In fact, I think it might be worse. Uh, but look, we'll just see what happens. Um, so yeah, feeling very topsy-turvy, which is why I've been a bit put out by the fact that I've had this injury. Because for me, like I use running to cope with everything. And that week that I'd run 14 miles and then basically did a really long week overall. I got another 5k PB at Park Run, only by a couple of seconds, but like a PB is a PB. I went back to Southwark Park Run and I did 24-22, which is great for me. And it wasn't, yeah, it was good. It was really good. <clears throat> and I was doing a, I was almost vomiting towards the end, like several times, almost vomiting, very embarrassing. But I felt great. And I thought, I felt so strong. After that week, I'd done four gym sessions, yeah, run, run 50 kilometers. And then, and then suddenly I you know, have pain, feeling tired. It's just a bit deflating because you're like, I don't feel strong in many aspects of my life currently. So I'd quite like to still feel strong in running and in my sort of physical, ability if that makes sense but that's my little life rant out the way and you might be going Laura we didn't need to hear any of that we just want to hear about how you how you fix your shinsplits which fair enough I hear you uh, we haven't developed a close enough bond yet I don't think as listener and speaker for you to care that much about my personal life which is absolutely fine you know parasocial relationships are an unusual thing uh, but the, my number one motivation for doing this is um, to be able to get what's on my mind off my mind and you know I like writing I can write I can do a journal um, but speaking comes more naturally to me and I think I'm sort of realizing and learning that about myself that like I've always turned to spoken words spoken word no that was a that was a brief brief period of my life when I did 
I did indulge in the world of spoken words. It's embarrassing, I don't want to go back. Um, no, I've always turned to words in terms of like, that's why I had a YouTube channel from a young age and was always, you know, chatting shit on there, to be honest. Um, so yeah, right, on to the bit you actually care about, so shin splints. So I, I will try and link like in the show notes or something if I can access how to do that. There's um, a great, basically I was listening to the Running Explained podcast. It's by a lovely uh, running coach called Elizabeth. So good, Running Explained. It's on all po- podcasts, you know, places. Um, she has an episode on shin splints where she had uh, Dr. Witt. Is it Dr. Witt? I need to double check. A wonderful lady who is um, sort of an expert in shin splints really come on and talk about, you know, preventative, what to do when you've got them basically just all the information you could really want about shin splints, dispelling some of the myths around you know, what to do when you've got shin splints. Um, and I actually then reached out on Instagram and was sent a really lovely message with some more information, a link to her sort of blog where she had sort of a strength circuit to do for, you know, when you're recovering from shin splints and stuff, really useful. So for me, what I've been doing, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, obviously you've got the usual suspects like I sit, roll it out with a foam roller in my case I don't have a foam roller so I've been using a wine bottle it says a lot about me and my fitness um, I actually got told off by Joe well not told off by Joe but Joe was like you know Laura you're using quite a nice bottle of wine there to roll out your leg I don't think you could could you find something less nice I was like what you don't want me to use your nice bottle of wine to roll out my calves anyway <laughs> Uh, and I haven't been using ice, I, like basically there's conflicting evidence as to whether foam rolling, ice, etc. really does anything. But for me, I'm in a place where I'm willing to try everything. So, and I do think a combination of everything has contributed to the fact that I don't feel so bad now. Um, so I got one of those, you know you can get deep heat and deep freeze? Well you can, from like boots or whatever, or super drug. And they do a roll-on version of those. So I have a roll-on deep heat and deep freeze. And I'd strongly recommend them. They're great, they're really handy. So I've been using the roll-on deep freeze instead of ice to really just roll that all over my ankle, calf, shin area. And it makes it feel cold, so it does the same thing as ice. And sort of, I like the rolling sensation of it. It feels like self-massage. It feels a bit like you're using a foam roller anyway. And you can sort of put as much pressure on as you want. So I've been doing that, um, which I do think is, it's felt soothing at the time at least. Um, and then I have been rolling out, obviously, like I said, just rolling out my shins, my calves. And I do think that my shin splint is quite calf specific. Like I went, there's a lot of exercise you can do to check sort of why you've got shin splints. Because sometimes it can be because there's an imbalance or you're not strong enough somewhere. There's a weakness, maybe your glutes are a bit weak. Um, and so some of the load is sort of being unevenly distributed. So I did, if you listen to that episode of Run Explained, where they talk about it, they talk about a few tests you can do to see sort of, you know, how, are, you, are you strong enough in, in your legs and everything? And one of them was where you're sort of in a, a bridge position, you know, when you're laying on the floor and you put your hips up basically. And it was like a one-legged bridge. And basically it kind of is like you're running in the air or like on your back is kind of the position you end up in and it's sort of seeing if you can hold that and various things like that 
and generally speaking I've got strong legs you know I do at the moment not the most impressive thing in the world but I'm squatting 50 kilograms you know I use a barbell I you know I'm progressively overloading in my weights um, and I've always had very strong calves from dance and from years of doing point work in ballet but my calves are always very tight and so for me there's you know again conflicting evidence about how much stretching really helps but I found that you know I know there's a tenderness in my calves from the fact that I don't stretch out and they get very tight and knotted and like have sports massage at work very luckily another perk of the job um, and I've had them massaged out and sort of that has helped in the past and so for me um, I've been really focusing on stretching up my calves and also doing some strengthening and alignment work so like calf raises one legged calf raises again when I went to the ex I was quite well sidebar I went to the meet the experts talk for London Marathon back on Saturday I actually did like a mini vlog on my TikTok if you're interested it's very short but um it was it was actually a really great morning I think tickets had been 10 pounds but I got mine for free because I'm running for a charity super useful they had a physio there who talked about the five main running injuries and one of those was shin splits and they gave some great examples of um some exercise to do as well um and among those were you know calf raises um shin raises if that's what you can call them it's where you sort of your back against the wall your feet out in front of you and you lift your your, your toes up shot on your heels and it's almost like a reverse calf raise for your shins uh, which i thought was really interesting and i've done a little bit of that um but then also in the, in the podcast i mentioned they sort of mention a little bit you know calf raises and stuff you know it's kind of neither here nor there um so look look at the evidence is contrasting so that's why i've tried to take a bit of everything i've learned and just apply it and see what works for me because i think it's so individualistic to your body um so yeah just do what works for you um so yeah i was doing some of that and then and then what else have i been doing yeah I mean, I haven't stopped running, obviously, as I mentioned, I have still been running. Um, and that is because a lot of the research I could see was saying, you know, if, if your pain is only sort of a, if it's anything under a four out of 10, and you're sort of, you might start running and you can feel it and then it sort of fades away and it's not hurting you when you're not running, that's key there. Like if you're just walking around and you're, you're in pain, you shouldn't be running. But for me, I kind of made the assessment that actually I am okay to go out and do, as I said, very light, very light jogging. It might not sound like I'm doing light jogging based on my uh, breathing at the moment. But like, I mean, I've been going out and running 12 minute miles for some context. My like 5k speed is like 7.53. So just for some context <laughs> about how slow I've been taking it to really literally just have some blood flowing, keep moving and keep trying to sort of obviously work on my aerobic capacity so I don't fall behind on training. But also another thing you could be doing with shin splints is just doing loads of cross training, um, anything that takes the weight off your legs, swimming, you know, all of that jazz. I usually would have gone swimming. Um, only because I used to swim a lot when I first started running um, because I was working in the daytime as opposed to in the evening so I would run in the morning and then go and swim at night or vice versa um, 
but I've moved house not recently but like yeah it's quite embarrassing actually how long ago it was but so obviously I moved gym and I go to my gym you know four or five times a week uh, but I don't know where the pool is in fact I've never even found the toilets at my gym just to illustrate how inept I am <laughs> at, well, at life generally so I yeah so I want to go to the gym I've been too scared to book a swim morning because you book it on the app like it's part of your membership but I guess just for numbers to book some lanes for me um and I'm, I just haven't done it because every time I go into the gym I'm looking around I'm going why the hell is the pool I don't see no signs I don't know where the toilets are it's a very ill poor signpost maybe I should say something now I am friendly with one of the trainers at the gym so maybe I should just ask him um yeah I need to just I need to grow up a bit and ask because you know I'm paying for this gym that has a pool so that I can swim uh, because right now I might as well just be using the pure gym you know not that I'm using a particularly fancy gym or anything it's a better gym the GLL gyms um, you know 40 quid a month that's not cheap it's my biggest expense other than my rent and my bills um, so yeah swimming <laughs> got sidetracked there swimming great thing to do um just to take the load off so i might try and do that a bit later this week maybe on friday morning because it's supposed to be like something ridiculous like 20 no 31 degrees or something so um might be nice to get in some water potentially um what else was i doing oh yes something great that was recommended to me again by that podcast and the doctor i spoke to on Instagram, doing your upper body strength training on your knees, and there was a strength circuit they recommended where you have a dumbbell and you do like halos. Don't know how to describe it, but if you look it up, you'll be able to see a video. You do halos on your knees, and then with one knee up and the other knee up, um, and it really gets you to engage your core, but also your upper leg muscles, your glutes, and really make sure everything's firing without putting stress or overcompensating with your calves and your feet and your shins so that has been really interesting and I did my push and pull any exercises that would have been done stood up even like dumbbell curls or like a barbell overhead shoulder press did that all of my knees um so time will tell um but I think it's been good I think it's been good I'm just trying to like I say be really careful um so those were pretty much what I've been doing for my shin splints. God, it's hot. I'm actually wearing a new hydration vest today, but I don't have any hydration in it because, as with most things, there's always additional costs. And so the vest itself, very expensive. It's Lululemon, should have known. Uh, But they don't come with a bladder or with the little soft bottles for the front which I did know, I did look it up, I'm not, I wasn't blindsided by this information, so we say, um, but I just thought, well, I'll order it, and then maybe just because I don't trust website dimensions, but I thought, well, I'll wait till I actually get the vest, until I've, um, until I've got the vest to buy the bottles, um, and the vest arrived yesterday, as I came back from my run, and I thought today, I'll just try it out and see how it feels to run it. And it's very lightweight, um, loads of pockets, got my phone in it, you know, all that jazz. Um, 
loads of space for you know bringing gels and all of that um, but yeah no hydration and I could really do with it to be honest because all I've drank today is a cup of tea and a few sips of water and I am feeling a bit parched and my heart rate spiked which tends to happen for me and I'm also establishing that I mostly get my sort of weird funky chest pain the heart pain I refer to when I'm dehydrated now I do have an ECG booked for tomorrow morning actually so that'd be interesting to see what happens if they tell me I'm a medical miracle for being able to go out and run um that's what I love to hear so yeah man it's hot I think I think I am gonna have to stop somewhere and pick up some pick up some aqua because I'm sweating and the plan is today to go to the gym and hit legs hit those legs I've been incorporating, I've been trying to incorporate some leg strength into all my gym sessions now, even though I'm focusing, you know, I do still have upper body days, but I'm a person that doesn't really, well, I don't mind training legs, but the thought of it doesn't compel me to go to the gym the way it does for a lot of other females who are, you know, their primary goal is to grow um, a dump truck, essentially, that uh, ass, so to speak. I'm not that fussed, uh, if I'm honest. Um, but, I mean, mad props to the girls that go in there and they're deadlifting, you know, two times their body weight. Power to you, I'm, I'm impressed, I'm in awe. Could never be me. Um, but I'm doing my best and trying because I know that by building my leg strength up, I reduce the risk of further injuries, you know? So, it's not that I'm basically I'm just more compelled to do upper body days because for me I enjoy I enjoy lifting things with my arms um, and I think as well for me we are touch on some body image things now so if any talk of like maybe not liking a part of your body is um, not good for you uh, just skip ahead a couple of minutes I'll try and make it brief um, yeah I always had a complex about my arms growing up um, and I never liked wearing anything with straps or sleeveless. Um, but now, since sort of working out and over the last, I'd say, two years, you know, being able to really feel so feel like my arms are strong, and they're not even they're not even smaller. This is the this is why it's such a win for me. So my arms aren't smaller, but they're strong, and I'm proud of them. And so I like wearing stuff that doesn't have sleeves. Now, I love a big puffy sleeve. Don't get me wrong, it's one of my favourite things ever. Uh, but I realised a couple of years ago, that I, was, you know, I was going out and being like, God, I don't have anything sleeveless. I don't want to get these bad boys out. And now I run, every day I run in something sleeveless. I go to the gym in something sleeveless. Um, and I'm happy about it. And so that's been something that's been really positive for me. And it's been less of a physical change, because unless I'm really flexing, which I do a lot because I'm... I like people to see my muscles, <laughs> but unless I'm really flexing, you can't, you know, I'm not that hench that you could look at me while fully relaxed and say confidently that she lifts, you know. I think I spoke about this last week or something. Oh, oh, okay. Had some tummy cramps there. Man, sidebar. I've been having... <laughs> no, should I? I don't know if I'm able to discuss this. No, I should. It sets the tone for what's to come in the future because I can't promise we won't talk about poop um god I've been having some real GI issues 
running recently. I can't remember if I spoke about it in the last episode. But I've never had this before. Well, no, that's a lie. I've had it a couple of times before, but not frequently, especially not frequently considering I have a bowel disease. Like you'd think as a runner with a bowel disease, I would have those kind of issues like all the time. But no, it hasn't, hasn't been that way. But recently, gosh, I mean, on my way to park run, the last one I did, I ran there and I thought I was going to turn around and go home. I was cramping. I thought, I'm not going to make it. I don't even know. And again, um, for someone that kind of needs to know where toilets are at any given moment, I didn't know where the toilets were in this park. I'd only been there once before. I couldn't scope it out. But now, but I mean, I got there and actually did. It forced me to locate the toilets. And actually everything was fine. But um, it was very touch and go. I thought, goodness me, what's going on? And I can't fathom it because I haven't done anything different necessarily. Um, haven't been eating differently. Pretty standard stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because I had a few had a few dangerous feeling cramps. But we feel I think I'm out of the I'm out of the woods. Um, copyright Face Swift. That's quite niche. No, it's not niche. Everyone knows out of the woods by Taylor Swift. Laura, can you get it together? Right. So, let's see. I've actually looked at my watch the entire time. Um, about two and a half miles in 30 minutes, just to illustrate again. I am trying to take this very slow. Um, okay, maybe I should talk briefly then about um, the Meet the Experts Day because. It was really interesting, and if anyone is running London, and that's the reason they're listening to this, because they want to listen to someone else that's also running London, and if you couldn't make it to meet the experts who didn't know what was happening, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, because basically, um, it was this event happening near Green Park. Can't remember the name of the building. Um, I was in the first group, there was like three sessions throughout the day. Uh, so I started at nine. And you sort of went in, you were given a lanyard, um, and it was basically like a beginner's guide or introduction to running London Marathon. And it was quite cool. So you went upstairs, and there was like a LucasAid stand, um, and they were giving out goodie bags, like LucasAid bags with a LucasAid Sport in and an energy gel. What I would say, prefacing this, I couldn't help the skeptic in me was like, man, this is a marketing dream. Like, it felt like at every opportunity you were kind of being sold something. But like I do get it as well, and it was still quite inspirational and really useful. But yeah, there was a very capitalist, here's a bunch of great reasons to do this thing. And did you know that if you use this product, it will help you know, you know. Um, but on the LucasAid stand, they did have pace temporary tattoos. Now this is fascinating. So I'd heard of, obviously I've had brace, uh, pace bracelets to wear during the race, um, and they sort of, you know, you wear one based on the time you want to achieve. So say you want to run a four and a half hour marathon, your pace bracelet will tell you, you know, at mile one, you should have done it in 10 minutes, etc. Mile two, you should be on 20 something minutes, whatever. Um, and it's so basically, obviously you'll, most people will be wearing a watch when they run, but your, 
your mileage and your pace might be slightly out because of all the tall buildings, especially when you're running a, um, a major city marathon. GPS is almost never even remotely accurate. So as long as you've got like, you know, you click start at the right time or on your watch, you can then look and say, right, well, it says I've been running for 10 minutes and I've just passed the number one mile marker. So you then check that against your pace wristband, or in this case, pace temporary tattoo, and say, yeah, okay, I'm on track. So these were ones that you could put on your arm instead of a bracelet, which I thought that's quite ingenious. And also, I mean, I don't know how it works out like plastic waste wise, because I imagine the bracelets before, you know, you do throw them away. But then there was a lot of packaging involved in, you know, the, the, the temporary tattoos were wrapped in plastic. So, I mean, I don't know if that was their goal or if it was just another sort of convenient way to pace yourself, basically. Um, but I thought it was cool. I grabbed a four and they had them for miles and kilometres, which I thought was really great. Um, and I grabbed a four hour 15 and a four hour 31. I probably won't use them on the day, um, but useful to have. I thought, well, they're free. I'm going to take them. You know, if there's free stuff, I'm taking it home with me. Um, then there was this big board with the London Marathon route on it. And there were some people around to ask uh, like about how to pace your route and if you had questions about the route and stuff like that. And then you went into a new a next room. Also, all the staff were lovely, by the way. Um, and like I was taking a picture of this big sign that said like run London so I was, I was there by myself I went before work and um one of the staff was like do you want me to take a picture of you in front of it and I was like do you know what yes I do yes I do I would love that <laughs> because when I'm alone I'm never I'm never gonna ask someone to take a picture of me but I thought yeah why not and it was great and I, I, so I thought that was very nice um and then you went into another room and there was a bookshop um, and some of them were signed, I think, but it was all running books. I know there was like, I think it was people that were there because I'll talk about this in a minute, but there was a talk, like a two hour long sort of thing in an auditorium and you had a bunch of great speakers there um, and sort of, you know, you had like Martin Yelling and then uh, like a nutritionist, a physio. And I think their books were then being sold in the bookshop that you could buy, which I thought was quite good. Um, I didn't buy any because I'd actually read most of them already or listened to them on Audible like I did with Martin Yelling's Running in the Mid-Pack. Um, but, so that was really cool. And then they had a bunch of charities there. I assume charities that were still looking for people to run for them or raise money. Um, Crane Pryders weren't there. So it would have been nice if they were because I could have you know, had a chat. It would have been nice to just speak to someone in person about fundraising and all of that jazz. But um, there was, you know, it was like the main charity, you know, like the big ones were all there. But that was really nice, I think. Especially if people got a ballot space and then decided, well, I'm running a marathon. I might as well raise some money because I think a lot of people do that anyway. Even if you're not running for a charity, you still raise money. Um, so it was a great opportunity for those people. And then the whole thing is obviously sponsored by New Balance. So they had their like London Marathon all of them the kit that they made basically specific for it like they had two jumpers and like some t-shirts and like the water belt thing which I almost bought but then I knew that I'd ordered my running vest I did buy one of them running tops like jumpers because it's pink and it has London Marathon 2022 on it and I'm a sucker and it was 15% off 
15% off, but it was still 60 pounds for a jumper. I actually felt a bit sick when I was buying it, but I'm a sucker for anything that's like commemorative. Like, oh, it has the date of this thing on it. I have to have it. But also, practically speaking, it was a great quality running jumper with like a mask pull up and like a head, like a, a head. What was I gonna say? Well, I meant to say a hood, but I said head. I don't know. I don't know where it's going with that. But, um, and it feels impractical now because it's so freaking hot that there is just like no world in which I'm wearing a jumper. But I know that come, you know, November, when I'm running to park run, for example, I'll be grateful of it. So it's an investment piece for the future is what I'm telling myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were there, but you had to buy stuff. You then walked after the talk to the New Balance store on Oxford Street and um, they were doing like gate analysis there, although lots of people left this, the, uh, left the talk early to go and do the gate analysis because the machine was broken. <laughs> so I got to the New Balance store to buy my jumper and I was like, God, there's a bloody long queue here. And it was for the gate analysis, so I was like, yeah, it's broken. So <laughs> I was like, God knows what happened there. A bit of a disaster for them. I felt very sorry for the employees. They were doing a great job. I think they probably had some very angry runners who just wanted to get their gate looked at. But you know, we move. So the talks. So Martin Yelling. Look, I think he's great anyway. He's such a good speaker. Like listening to him on Marathon Talk um, and listening to his audiobook. He's just a great speaker. So I'm just going to pause for a second to take a video for my TikTok because I'm running through very picturesque. Uh, University of Greenwich, so bear with me. Okay, we're back. Um, yeah, sorry, an interlude. I'm, I'm recording on TikTok. I keep doing like a week in workouts, so I just have a little snippet of every time I go out and do something and then compile it at the end. It's more for my own enjoyment than anything else. But yeah, so Martin Yelling, brilliant. He just talked a bit about like what to expect on marathon day, basically, like and um, how to set up your day and how to be very prepared. And he's just a great speaker, really entertaining, really captivating. Um, and then we had, I can't remember her name, I should have looked it up, but a nutritionist who talked a little bit about race, pre-race fueling, um, like effective carb loading, like sort of the science of it and debunking some myths. Um, and then there was a physio who, again, like I said, talked about sort of the five main running injuries, like shin splints, runner's knee, all of that jazz. And just... And actually it was really practical, it gave like really practical advice on like, they had a big screen up behind them in the auditorium and they had like pictures of exercises you could do. So that felt quite good. Um, I would say there was a lady from New Balance there, sort of with this guy, um, talking about shoes and about how shoes can help prevent, not prevent injury, but like finding the right shoe for you and how important it is, which I respected, that's all fine. Again, it was one of those things you just feel like you're pushing to sell New Balance, but... I d this, I, it was the only ick point of the day for me is she's briefly said that you know all oh, running shoes are really light because you want to have you know, as little want everything to be as light as possible for your running because that'll make you faster you know like with you know losing losing a bit of body weight help you get faster and I feel like everything I research now and look into a lot of that sort of conversation a lot of that talk is being sort of debunked and de sort of unpromoted because actually the focus should never be on reducing your body weight to get faster 
especially because you know if you're if you're fueling right and you're training right like your body might change it might not you might gain weight um it really depends individual to individual and i just i don't maybe it's my past with sort of having that mentality of like well if i just lost weight i'd be i'd be better but actually that's not the case at all and there's a lot of instances to prove that that's not true and for me it was a bit goodness i came out of the field i came out of nowhere what's going on um and it was very brief it was like literally the briefest mention but i thought you know i'm in a great place right now well <laughs> i'm in an okay place right now with all of that i'm in a actively working on improving my mentality around that stuff but feeling confident enough in my knowledge to you know push aside those negative thoughts but i thought if there's someone in the audience that might be susceptible to you know or a bit more vulnerable or a bit in a different po- a different point in their journey um, that might not be a very nice thing to hear so that was my only sort of you know that's the only thing i had an issue with the whole day you know and it wasn't even an issue it was just you know maybe the phrasing wasn't quite what it should have been um if that makes sense um but yeah and then we had a lovely uh she's a plus size model gosh i cannot remember her name off the top of my head um but she has run the vitality 10k with the like celebrate you wave um she did it you know back pre-pandemic i think um and she ran london last year and she came on to talk about like and you know what? she was bringing energy she was bringing comedy she was really like trying to especially among the other experts felt like she's really trying to boost the mood and they were like not really giving her much back and i sort of was you know she's funny she was really funny and i thought she's doing a great job of sort of like she ended up sort of hosting the q a afterwards and i thought she did a great job um but she basically talked about the do's and don'ts of running your first marathon um which was really interesting to hear from a perspective of someone who you know she said that it was you know it was one thing that she never thought she'd do and you know she thought oh well i'm gonna do it and like going from you know like a not like a runner runner's mentality of like you know running just for to enjoy running not about like you know i want to be i want to do a three-hour marathon uh, so it's really nice to hear from her perspective and just hear about things that you know she you know wishes she'd done or things she was glad she'd done really interesting really good stuff um so all in all it was a great day a great morning uh it was nice just to go and be you know sort of immersed a bit in that world of uh running and go to sort of the first event i guess that sort of is run by the london marathon um so i thought that was really cool really good um so i'm just sort of heading to the other how many minutes have i been running 42 yeah so i'm gonna run finish this last bit and run to the gym um so i think we could call it a day from here um i think i'm hosting this podcast on a new platform because i've been using acast and i didn't want to pay to distribute it to anywhere like spotify or you know apple or whatever and it was a little bit confusing but i've been recommended anchor so i'm using that today and we'll see what happens um god got the cramps again maybe this time i am actually gonna have to find the toilets at the gym um and on that note i'll call it a day i'll see you guys in the next episode keep running i hope you're all good um yeah see you next time bye